episode of Sleep Whispers. I'm Harris, and this is my curious little podcast of whispered ramblings and whispered readings, which I hope will help you to relax and fall asleep. Episodes include story time episodes, trivia time episodes, chat episodes, whisperpedia episodes, fade out episodes, and tonight clear a batch episode, which means I've batched together some great moments of a similar theme from prior episodes. If you peek in the show notes of this episode, or go to sleepwhispers.com, you'll find some helpful links that should further help to calm your pesky brain squirrels, such as links to 250 more episodes of Sleep Whispers, eight-hour-long episodes of nature sounds and background noises, plush headphones for bedtime, and even a deep relaxation massage chair, which definitely sounds like heaven to me. All right, let me tell you a little about these selected three of my favorite quotes from three earlier episodes, which means that what I, what I do is I just read one of my favorite quotes, which is pretty short, and then I, I ramble about it and tell you why it's one of my favorite quotes. Now, these ramblings... ago, and since then I've upgraded my recording equipment, the space I record in, and the, the software I use to, to edit my recordings. So you may notice the audio quality is not as good as my newer recordings. First quote that you that you will hear 
is from episode number 61, and it's a quote from William Shakespeare from Sonnet 94, and here's the quote, it's pretty short. Poor sweetest things turn sourest by their deeds, lilies that fester smell far worse than weeds. I love the fact it rhymes. To me, this quote is about expectations and disappointment. And so you'll hear me chat about how things with big expectations can have the biggest disappointments. The next quote. Episode number 64, and the quote is from Richard Hatch, and here it is. Happiness comes from being a little uncomfortable as often as possible, so you're always learning and growing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, a great quote because no one wants to be uncomfortable so important. And so for this quote, you'll hear me share a story about overcoming my fear of dancing in public. Well, I wouldn't say I overcome my fear, but I face it and I allow myself to be uncomfortable. Episode number 67, and it's a quote from Rita Levy Montalcini, and here it is. Only by a deep involvement in the problems of the greater society can one achieve happiness, or at least harmony with oneself. Yeah, that's a happy one. quote, you will hear me chat about my desire to have a big positive impact on the problems of society or others, but I'll share my realization that I will probably at best only have a very small impact. I should be content with that. Alright, and here's a, a bonus quote. Quote, Having quality sleep is the foundation for everything good that happens in life. End quote. Yeah, that's a good quote too. I pinched that quote from the mission statement of Amanda's sleep the sponsor of this episode. Mantis Sleep makes sleep masks and they sent me one to try. I was impressed. I, I visualized those classic flat sleep masks 
what I what I received was quite well engineered. So visualize two super soft foam eye cups, like tiny soft donuts. These are held lightly over your eyes by a breathable and adjustable headband, and these eye cups block 100% of the light without putting any pressure on your eyelids or flattening your beautiful eyelashes. <laughs> My wife and I both tried this sleep mask and we were amazed at the complete and total darkness as well as the gentle comfort of it. They even have different styles like slim masks, cool masks, masks, aroma masks, and weighted masks. To get 10% off your order, just go to mantasleep.com and use the code WHISPERS. That's 10% off by going to mantasleep.com and using the code WHISPERS. And for your ease, I put the discount code and a link to the Mantisleep website in the show notes of this episode. And now, enjoy this batch of some of my favorite quotes from prior episodes. Tonight's Curious Quote is from William Shakespeare, and it's from Sonnet 94. For sweetest things turn sourest by their deeds. Lilies that fester smell far worse than weeds. I think this is a very insightful sonnet or quote. I'm not a Shakespeare fan, so most of the time I don't understand what Shakespeare is saying, but this one jumped out to me when I first read it, and to me it, it clearly is about expectations and disappointment. I think literally it means that you have a high expectation that a lily will smell good and a low expectation that a weed will smell good. So, if a weed, sorry, no, if a lily goes sour and smells bad, then that is a horrible thing. But if a weed goes sour and smells bad, then that is a minor concern because 
you kind of expect that of a weed. I, I often notice this kind of trend of high expectations and high disappointment with movies and books and music. If someone really raves about a movie or a band or something, then they, they set my expectation really high. And then if I end up not liking it, then it just feels so disappointing. expectations for them. I, I'm lucky because I, I do have many lilies in my life, meaning kind, smart, they're so kind and smart and helpful. And they're just so consistent in their character and wisdom that I have high expectations of them. So sometimes I get really frustrated or disappointed because they temporarily deviate for one small moment from being that consistently amazing person. And then I feel this strong and stressful emotion build up. So I have to remind myself that I'm not perfect and they're not perfect. And the only reason that I'm feeling stress is because I have so much love or admiration for them. It really is a silly catch-22 because people I, I don't love or I don't admire or I don't know well don't stress me out in a similar way because I don't really have high expectations of them. So I 
just have to remind myself that if they were not so wonderful, smart, and kind, then I would not be disappointed. It's the it's the folly of having high expectations. No one is disappointed by a weed that smells bad. But it is a tragedy for a lily to smell bad. I try to, and I want to, remind myself of how unfair that is. I, I need to, and I, I want to, be better at loving others for everything they do and everything they've ever done not just for what is happening in a single moment. Yeah. Uh, right, that's all I have to say about that. Tonight's curious quote from Richard Hatch. And here it is. Happiness comes from being a little uncomfortable as often as possible. So you're always learning and growing. When I was much younger, it was definitely difficult for me to understand how some of my deepest happiness and joy would come from things that made me un uncomfortable at first. I think an, an easy example would be something like exercising. That's more of a, a physical discomfort. I think another good example that you also probably feel is public speaking. Another example for me, which may also, or perhaps not for you, be meeting new people. Those are all examples of things that are definitely uncomfortable at first, but will tend to lead to a lot of good things later.
focus on right now is not one of those examples, but dancing. Yes, I just said dancing. Dancing was one of those things. I was most afraid of doing when I was younger, especially in front of others, of course. But it was something I, I really enjoyed doing. I think when I was in high school, I was much too shy to dance in public. I don't think I have any I don't have any memories of that, and I, I don't think I did any public dancing in high school. But when I started college, I purposely sought out opportunities to face this fear. example is that I'd go to fraternity parties, and these were usually held in these, like, large houses, and maybe in the basement or on one of the floors, they would have kind of set off this section for dancing, and there'd be a, a DJ and big speakers and this area. But these dance areas at fraternity parties usually remain empty for a long time. Because in, in my experience, the, the fraternity parties I went to Maybe I just made some bad choices, but basically, basically, the people went there to drink, and then they might end up dancing. I didn't drink alcohol, and so I would kind of make it my mission to be the first one out on the dance floor at these parties. And although it felt kind of scary, I knew it was actually low risk. Because it's, it's kind of easy to dance in front of uncoordinated drunk people who, you know, are, aren't even aware that you might be there. After doing that, you know, just a bunch of times, I upped the stakes and I started going to dance clubs. Yeah, and these were these were high stakes. 
because unlike fraternity parties, people definitely went there to dance and they might end up drinking. Most people at these clubs were impressive dancers and I when I would start going, I, I was not the first one out on the dance floor. Instead, my nerd brain approached each new club in a systematic way. I would start by observing the other top dancers from, from a dark corner and I'd pick out the moves that I liked the best and then practice them in that dark corner over several visits. I would keep doing that just observing and practicing while kind of adding my own style until I would finally be ready for the main dance floor. But even then, I, I would wait until it was crowded. So that way I would just kind of blend in After doing that for a couple of weeks, I would then finally be ready to walk right into that club early in the night and just go right to the middle of a sparsely filled dance floor and start dancing. And that brought a great joy because I had conquered that big fear and allowed myself to do something I deeply enjoyed, which was dancing. And I, I knew it was through a combination of improving my skills and increasing my confidence. Doing that systematic approach to dancing in public has really taught me a lot about myself. I can get comfortable doing almost anything that seems very scary at first. If I just break it down into smaller moments of discomfort, which will then allow me to increase my skills and 
increase my confidence over time. And as the quote highlights, a lot of those moments of discomfort have resulted now in a lot of moments of happiness. say about that. Tonight's curious quote is from Rita Levi Martelcini. And here's what it says. Only by a deep involvement problems of the greater society, can one achieve happiness, or at least harmony with oneself? I came across this quote a long time ago, and I was at a starting to get less focused on my direct environment, meaning like, you know, things are immediately around me and trying to better understand the, I guess to use the quote, problems of the greater society, and as a result of a lot of contemplation, I had a bunch of big ideas and strong motivation throughout the years. I've tried to invent, or maybe create, is a better word, create minor and major things to help others. And I've also tried to create small and large organizations society-related problems. I cannot say that I've had any amazing success on any of my attempts fixing the problems of the greater society. is not easy, which is probably why they're big problems. And quotes like
one I just read are very inspirational and encouraging, but they really weren't so good at warning me about the challenges and the hurdles when you get involved or try to change major problems. I, I think a good motivational speech or quote should inspire me to change the world, but should also warn me that failure and frustration will be likely what I've discovered is that a lot of my happiness and harmony doesn't come from major impacts I've made because that's rarely happened. But instead, my happiness and harmony comes from just attempting to have an impact. Whether it was a, a small impact or a large impact, I guess another way for me to put this is that my many failed attempts all had immediate frustration, but they resulted in a longer-term happiness because I felt good about myself just for trying. I think I would be a horrible motivational speaker. Because I think my main message would be something really uninspirational like Try to change the world, and you will likely fail. Yeah, see what I mean? But I, I do see it as win-win. Like, just by trying, it's win-win. Because there is a small chance you will make a major impact through dogged efforts and persistence. Now there is also a bigger chance you won't have a major impact 
that your dogged efforts won't have any important impact. But you can fall asleep at night knowing you tried. And, and for me, that feels deeply rewarding. always a new day for your next idea. All right, I think that's all I have to say about that.